All right, cool. Hello, hello, beep boop, hello. Um, <laughs> welcome to episode two of Chingona Cast, where we deep dish and deep dive into the novelas of our childhood, starting with Sonia Doras. I'm Melinda Marks, and I'm Yvette del Toro. And uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about a lot of things today. We're gonna talk about flashbacks and fast car <laughs> and drugs and, and drugs. Chain and chain robberies. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, so, it looked. I mean, we'll get to it later. But I swear, it reminded me of old, like a comedy routine. Seeing that part of the episode, and it was so avant-garde. There was a lot of avant-garde. Uh, there was a lot of avant-garde stuff going on in the episode. A lot of creative liberties with um, playing with the s- sequence. And playing with that montage, mm-hmm. um, just really edgy. Yeah, there's a lot of there are a lot of time jumps and a lot of telling you, not showing you. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'll, I think we'll try to keep we'll try our best to keep it as linear as possible. Yeah, at linear, and we'll try to be uh, succinct. Although there's a lot on the menu today. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. When last we left off, we only learned a few things. Because I feel like, and I did, the sense of time in this is absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Bonkers bananas. Because theoretically, we've only we've only spent about one to two days in this world. <laughs> it feels like forever. <laughs> but when last we left off, we learned a few things. We learned about a few key characters. We learned that there's a high school and that there are some kids and that the girls that go to the school seem well-adjusted and kind, but are, are hiding some dark secrets. And the boys at the school seem so far, no shame, no shade, not to be very bright, but they are very muscular and have broad shoulders. <laughs> and then we learned that there's a teacher and a drug kingpin <laughs> <laughs> and a psychologist who is moonlighting as a real estate speculator for this kingpin something like that yeah i don't that was a whole thing for me anyway this is what we learned and they're all hiding dark secrets oh let's not also forget our fanny pack clad windbreaker wearing dancer man oh yeah and there was dancer man so the the cliffhanger of the previous episode was uh the teacher the high school teacher hiding a dark secret about an accident is like crushing on this psychologist who is treating his neighbor for drug addiction. But then, and his name is Jose Luis, this teacher, but Jose Luis also has a friend whose name I don't remember. Neither do I. (laughs) But he wears a windbreaker and he has very limp hair and he looks worried all the time. But it might just be gas. But he has a girlfriend named Vanessa, whose name I do remember, and they're ballerinas, and they're doing an edgy dance routine in the studio, and she falls to the ground during a lift, which is very unsafe. And he takes her to the doctor, and Jose Luis and Vanessa and Limp Hair Windbreaker all know each other somehow. Mm-hmm. My goodness. we As usual, we've taken notes. I've looked at your notes. I don't know if you've looked at mine, but <laughs> I have looked at yours, and they are, as they were last week pretty much identical. <laughs> I I look I like to look at yours after I do mine just to go through and see like what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree. 
Okay, so starting at the beginning of episode three, the drug kingpin has a, a daughter named Jacqueline. The drug kingpin is, as as was last week, named uh, Don Eugenio. He has a daughter named Jacqueline who he sexualizes and infantilizes simultaneously, so you know their relationship is healthy. <laughs> and when we see Jacqueline, she's doodling a big marker heart on an entire page of it's a huge of a college ruled notebook, and we're introduced to another glossy fantasy of Jacqueline and her crush. That who is she crushing on? <laughs> Why, Melinda, none other than our dear lit professor, Jose Luis. And that fantasy is so gross. It's so yeah. awkward. <laughs> They're just walking hand in hand, like in her driveway, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they stop and they do this like really close up makeout session. And it's it's real gross. It yeah. makes me feel real awkward. <laughs> and he's like, a. It, there's not a lot of dialogue either. It's just really... But she has she has hair stickers, which is what I noticed. Jacqueline is yeah. very like decked out in the late nineties, early two thousands fashion. And since the nineties are making a comeback, a note that I also took about that dream sequence is should hair stickers make a comeback? Like the little butterfly clips I know have already made a comeback. And I remember being very fascinated by like hair glitter, like hair gel. Oh yeah. Yeah, and do you remember that like paint that you would like that hair mascara? Yes, I had that. <laughs> yes, I had it too. I like bought it at Hot Topic, but I had a pixie cut at that time too. The shroom cut graduated to a pixie cut. Nice. And I used to just kind of smear hair mascara and hair glitter <laughs> on my hair. I I had butterfly clips and I did try a little bit of that like hair mascara, but mm-hmm. like I think our hair texture is pretty similar, but my yeah. hair at that time was very long. Mm-hmm. So it was just these long strands of like frizzy something in between like wavy curly hair. So you'd get like weird clumps of this mascara stuff in it and other places where it was just the tiniest little line. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really try it much all over my hair. It was just kind of in front. <laughs> Same. I kind of just like that. I had like an NSYNC hairdo at that time. Oh, so mm-hmm. I would kind of like up comb it through like my front bangs. I don't know. Anyway, Jacqueline is all about those accessories. She has <laughs> immaculate hair accessories through the entire episode, although she is nasty and is being nasty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, we've only gotten into the first, so she has this fantasy, but then we see the actual Jose Luis in the hospital and he's with Windbreaker McDance guy. And I, I think... I think our windbreaker clad friend says something about 10 years ago, or was yeah. it Vanessa? Yes. And well, they're like, what happened 10 years ago? Yeah. And then he, and then Jose Luis has like another, this is in the waiting room of the hospital. They're waiting to hear back about Vanessa. They don't know what's going on yet. And yeah, the windbreaker guy is like, oh, 10 years ago. And then we get another violent, gory flashback. <laughs> Of like this car crash that I guess like our our friend in the windbreaker was a part of. Yeah, because I think I saw him bleeding. He was in on it. I couldn't tell who because everybody was just covered. It was just a person covered with blood. It kind of looks like zombies, honestly. It does. Well, zombies were also a prevalent theme. I feel like blood is used to tell. There's a lot of symbolism in these episodes. That's true. I forgot about the zombie. I mean, I think we'll get to it later. But yeah, there was we'll a zombie. To- yeah, there's like zombies in here. So 
And then Jose Luis, like, comforts his friend. He's like, oh, so he has this violent flashback, and then he's like, oh, traumatized. And then the limp hair windbreaker dancer guy says another, like, inane thing And then Jose, about how he's worried about Vanessa. And Jose Luis comforts him by caressing his face and looking <laughs> deeply into his eyes and being like, it's okay. This I feel like this is Jose Luis's um, favorite pastime is just to caress people's faces and kiss them on the forehead. Yes. Well, because then they go in to see Vanessa or I think he's caressing the, their faces in the. they go in. The doctor's like, oh, we will get those tests back to you, but you can go in and see her now. And then they go in to visit Vanessa, who's lying in the hospital. And that's when he caresses all their faces. And is like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and then he says something that I don't remember. And then, yeah, Vanessa gives that look. She just gives them this odd look. It's almost like a glare. Oh, yeah. And I remember why it is now. I couldn't remember. But uh, he's talking about Fernanda. Ah, uh, yes. He's like, oh, yeah, I met this nice girl. And she's age appropriate. And she's okay, I guess. And the dancer's like, well, don't you think it's time for you to move on? You deserve it. And Jose Luis is like, no, I could never love again. And then <laughs> Vanessa gives him this dirty look. Yeah, she's like she's like sitting in her bed in this like white gown. I swear she looks like something out of The Exorcist. She's super pale. And then she's just like glare. And they spend time on it. She gets her own close up. So I know it's supposed to mean something. Yeah. But I don't know what. Because then right after that, when they do the wide shot again, She's fine. <laughs> I think she brings it up later when they come back because like we said, there are so many, so many yeah. time jumps in between like middle of conversation. They'll move to someone else and yeah. then bring you back to the middle of the conversation you just left. I think it just boils down to Vanessa being like, look, you need to move on. He's right. Like, but it was the weirdest look. It was very strange, very hostile, but it could also be that she's just a little bit cranky because the doctor comes in. And announces something that should surprise no one, which is that she's going to have a baby. And it was a shock to everybody in the room. Yeah. But Vanessa is like, oh, okay. What do you think, sweetheart? And then the windbreaker guy is like, yeah. And then Jose Luis is like, I'm so happy for you guys. What a blessing. Wow, a baby. Caress, caress, caress. Hugs all around. And then he's like, yeah. And then he gets like strangely excited. He like dances around the room at some point. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> is the most animated we've ever seen him because he kind of has a face like a potato. Like his face is very small <laughs> and he's not very expressive. But he like does this little dance and he goes up to Vanessa and he's like, you did it. And I'm like, this is not your baby, dude. But... <laughs> he's just so excited. He's like, life. Ah. But Windbreaker, whose baby it is, beats a quick retreat. Yeah. He's like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm just kidding. I'm super happy. Yay. And then he hugs Jose Luis and he has this moment behind his back where he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think he requests to talk to Jose Luis later. He's like, can we talk? I, I like really need to talk to you about this. Yeah. And Jose Luis is like, why? That's the thing about him is like, he's, he seems so per perceptive, but not about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Like, about weird, weirdly specific things. But then we meet, so remember Lucia? She was like, everybody called her monja because she is very modest and she loves God. Neither mm -hmm. which is a, a bad thing by any means. She's new to the school and her mom, oh my God, I felt so bad for her in this episode. Like, her mom is like so mean. But then we meet her dad and her dad is a sweetie pie. 
Yeah, he's everything that I was hoping he would be because last episode I was really worried that he was going to be on the same train as her as her mom. Yeah. Your mom was like, you need to go pray. Yeah, her mom's like, go pray. You can't have any friends and you can't have a party or we're going to send you to another. We're going to send you to a boarding school. And then her dad comes in and Lucia's still like crying from her mom yelling at her. And Lucia and her dad is like, what's wrong, sweetie? And she's like, mom told me I couldn't go to a party. And he's like, wow, you made friends? Wow, of course you can go, darling. I love you so much. And she's like, I love you too. And like, I hope he doesn't turn out to be a turd or die because he's he's such a sweetie pie. That's so true. I could totally see like the mom doing something and killing him. Oh my God. Yeah, but he's he's a total sweetheart. He's just like, look, I... I'm just happy you've got friends. I'm so glad you can go to the party. I'll handle your mom. And Lucia's super worried still about like, well, no guy's going to pay attention to me because of like how I look. And he's like, look, the right guy's going to come along and you have a beautiful soul and you're a great person. And I know you're going to find somebody. Don't worry about it. You're beautiful the way you are. And and he's just like, go have fun. I love you. And I was like, oh, this is everything she needs. So nice. Yeah. He's so good. So let's, yeah, let's hope that our sweetie pie dad like sticks around. Yeah. And doesn't make any mistakes. Yeah. I think this is also the first actual parent relationship where you see like a mutual love and respect and it isn't some weird creepy thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot one thing about the doctor, but I took a note on it. The doctor comes in back into the, the doctor tells Vanessa she's pregnant, comes back into the uh, room. And like when he tells everybody she's pregnant, he says this really weirdly prophetic thing where he's like, of course you can, of course your dancing days are over. I'm like, what kind of doctor would be like no exercise while you're pregnant? Especially not if you're a professional. Right? I guess there I guess this doctor in like the late nineties, early two thousands, because I, I seem to remember a lot of talk in the past about like, oh, you're pregnant, can't do anything. Wow. And then like now in like adulthood, learning about like, no, you you can do exercise while you're pregnant. And in fact, if you're a professional in some kind of physical activity, like mm-hmm. a bodybuilder, or you run regularly and it's a natural thing in your in your life yeah like keep up your routine as long as you feel comfortable and you're fine you don't hurt yourself yeah absolutely but I feel like that's gonna cause some tension I feel like that's a way to manufacture tension I feel like that's what's gonna be that's part of the issue I think with our dancer guy what's next oh and then we check in on Beto who is our (sighs) he's like I can't tell if he's supposed to be lazy or if he's just supposed to be an idiot I think he's a little bit of both. I guess. Like, he has a job. He's a, so he's the guy who's dating uh, Rosita, uh, and he's, like, obsessed with being – he works in a shoe store. He's the guy who works in the shoe store. He wears sunglasses all the time, and he, like, wants to get rich quick. Mm-hmm. He's got that vain ambition. So we see him abusing his friend and, like, bullying <sighs> his friend into letting him borrow a car that is neither of theirs. Because mm-hmm. I guess his friend works at, like – a car shop or something yeah like a detailers Mm -hmm. and like bullies his friend into taking this this like nice car out because they're all going to the same party at the same club that night 
And he's like, drive me there. Be my driver. Call me uh, ar- architect <laughs> or engineer. Engineer. Say that I'm an engineer and you're my driver. That's right. And he's like, why? And he is so mean to his friend. Oh, and he like tells him, give me all your money. All the money you, you made this week. Give it to me. Oh, yeah. So he's a bully. And also... I don't know. He does, I don't know. He's got, it's like vain ambition. It's like the, tre- it's not actually, amb- he has only the ambition to be wealthy for appearances. But unlike mm-hmm. our other scheming person with designs on being rich, Julieta, he's not willing to work for it. And we'll talk about that because that's not, <laughs> because Julieta's in danger. <laughs> yeah. Sequence. But she's smarter than him. Mm-hmm. Although the she is not wise, but she no. is more willing to do what she thinks is necessary to get ahead. And he just likes to bully people. Mm-hmm. I want to mention that they both have a moral compass between them. And that is Rosita. Yes. Who is like another sweetie pie. She's just a, a nice person. Julieta's sister dating the scumbag Beto. Yeah. Who whose friend brings up in the car, like, are you really gonna go to this party? Are you gonna be flirting with all these girls? Like, are you gonna are you gonna do Rosita dirty? Like, what's why is that her fault? Like that you you've got all this vain ambition. And he's like, Ah, don't let I don't wanna talk about that. Yeah, dude. He's like because Rosita is like just like happy in her yeah. like nice apart her nice apartment. <laughs> Yeah, her nice apartment with her super sweet parents who are hardworking and are loving. And industrious. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, what happens after that? It jumps around so much. Should we bring in how Don Eugenio is super creepy? Because that's, I mean, that's not news, but he, he's a total creep in this episode. It's It's gone above and beyond. Yeah, he was trying to take Fernanda out to dinner in the last sequence. And she agreed. Because she's like, it's not a date. He's so old. And he's my boss. And they go out to dinner and she runs into Jose Luis. And they hit it off chastely. But Don Eugenio's lackey, David, like is like, hey, um, you know, I checked out this guy and his name is Jose Luis. And I, I scoped him out. So now Jose Luis is on Eugenio's shit list. And he's like more possessive than ever. Yeah. And, and I guess like this. So my video when I was watching this got all muddy. So I had to pick it up kind of how all the characters tell each other about what happened. Yeah, later. same. We have an imperfect. These episodes are imperfect. They're hard <laughs> to find, but we do our best. So I picked up that Don Eugenio and Fernanda went to dinner. Yes. But then Jose Luis was taking his friends out, Vanessa and our windbreaker friend yes to celebrate to celebrate about the baby yes and they run into each other at this restaurant and then somehow fernanda and jose luis end up staying together and then he takes her home i guess but then at some point jacqueline is like also trying to like either call him on the like jacqueline is trying still trying to wheedle her way into Jose Luis's private life. Showing up at his apartment or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, like, shows up at his apartment and then, like, Fernanda calls him, too. And then he, like, gets Jacqueline out of his apartment. I don't know. There's a whole... So now all of these worlds are converging. But Eugenio finds out 
because he doesn't take Fernanda. Oh, he tells, oh, that's right. He tells David, that's right. He tells David to take Fernanda home. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, how was it? What was she like? What did she, did she talk about me? And David is like, I didn't take her home because she got a ride from this guy, Jose Luis. And he's like, what? It's it, I noted it as like the most Shakespearean like explanation of like, ah, yes, here we are in this place at this time after this thing happened, where he's just like, well, I was so mad at you for letting her go. But what happened? Oh, well... <laughs> I guess she got a ride from Jose Luis and then he like left her at her door. Okay, well, did they do anything? Nah, they just like, he took her by the hand and they said goodnight. And that was it. It was very, very chill. And he's like, oh, I hate it all. I hate this man so much. He's trying to get at my lady. And I was like, and his friend David is just like doing his job. And he's just I like, know. uh. <laughs> if I didn't know David killed people in cold blood and enjoyed it, I'd be like, he's nice. He's yeah, like, he's, he's compassionate. <laughs> he's just telling him, like, sir, uh, they didn't do anything. It, it seems like they're just friends. And this man is like, shut up, you're an idiot. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of sorry that, like, they they saved. I'm kind of sorry that they didn't save the fact that he's the hitman for Eugenio for a later time so that I could, like, start sympathizing with him and then feel complicated like feel conflicted about like finding that out yeah now it's one of those weird things where you know he's a bad person but you're like but he's also kind of nice i don't know what i feel and he's playing to that too because he had some weird conflicting reactions to things like throughout the episode like throughout these episodes i felt odd everybody had strange takes to the camera at some point and he had one too well, and then, okay, so Jose Luis goes to visit his friend, whose name I don't remember, the child, his neighbor. Rodolfo. Okay, it's he visits his friend Rodolfo, a young man, who is still on the brink of death, seemingly. I keep forgetting it's only been one day. I know, this poor boy is, like, super sweaty in this in this bed at the you know, hospital. And I kept being like, why isn't he better? But then I forgot it's been one day. Yeah. So then he sees Fernanda again. He's like visiting his friend, but then Fernanda walks in doing the rounds. And at this point I was like, is she a is she a doctor? But then I realized yeah. she's a psychologist. And I only realized that because she has a title plate on her desk at work. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, it, I, 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 had... I caught a glimpse. I caught a cheeky glimpse. But otherwise, oh. I would have been like, is she not a doctor? Does she just like work here because she likes to take care of people? I, I heard them talking about therapy at one point, And I was like, oh, okay, got it. Yeah, good. But she she then she and Jose Luis, who has just said to somebody else that he would never love again. Um, they're out talk. They like check on Rodolfo, and she's like looking at him fondly. Uh, Fernanda's looking at Jose Luis, and she's like, "Oh, he's so caring." And they go out into the hallway, and my favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing happened. Two of my favorite things happen in this scene that I just want to talk. About. One of them is there's this poster right behind Jose Luis. They met all the set dressers get an A plus. Because this is like a rehab center and they have all these anti-drug posters in the hallway and they're out in the hallway and right behind Jose Luis is this poster. It's just like vague and it just says, this is a little sign and it just says, drogas a la goma. And it's so awesome because a la goma just means like, ah, get out of here, like in the trash. Forget those drugs. 
And it was so wholesome and vague. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> um, oh, also, um, before they go into this hallway, Jose Luis 100% does confirm in his way that he was addicted to drugs because he's having such a conversation with Rodolfo, who's like sweaty, sick, dying TM on the bed and is like, you know, I feel you. I know exactly how this feels. And he goes into this long monologue with like dramatic lighting across his face. <laughs> and he's talking about like how drugs ruin your life. And like, he understands like the, the, the fight he's going through. And Fernanda's just in the background, like over, looking over her shoulder, like, <gasps> doesn't say like anything in this room. She just stands there with her arms crossed, just like shocked. That's right. And then when they go out into the hall at first, she's like, can I ask you a question? And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, fair. <laughs> but like they've had, the that's their tacit conversation. And they talk about more pleasant things, which leads me to my second favorite thing in this episode. Because he knows she knows. And she knows that he knows she knows about all the drugs. thing. And she's like, they're having this conversation. And he like looks at her. And she says, why are you looking at me like that? And like, <laughs> I don't know why this was so funny to me, but like two seconds go by where he has no expression. He just looks straight at her. And then he does this fat shrug. He like, <laughs> he moves his, his shoulders up first. And then he like tilts his head and then he throws his arms up at his sides <laughs> and he makes the weirdest face. And, and that's his answer. <laughs> It was so weird, and he's never done anything. He's never moved like that in any of the episodes. It makes me wonder if they had a couple takes of this, and some director was just like, look, just please do this. And he's like, why? Why would my character do that? And they're like, please, do it. But they're they're going back and forth, right? They have, Clearly, they have feelings. All this is to say, clearly, they have feelings for each other, but they're each going through their own deal right now fernanda still has her dad who is not mentioned in any of these episodes that we watched today but her dad is a paraplegic and he's unhappy because he had an accident and she's dealing with that and also creepy don eugenio and then jose luis is having his flashbacks and he's got this high school girl stalking him and so they've all got their their baggage but they clearly are interested in each other and then okay what else happens oh yeah drugs drugs should we take up a second to like check in on the rest of our of our young friends well they go to the club and they get toasted there's too much drunk driving in this episode too much meaning any boo on so that many. they all go to the club and they get toasted toasted and anybody who drives away from the club is like super inebriated so we including see, beto and our friend yeah his driver his fake driver his friend they both get drunk and then uh el terco who we already know is dealing drugs and mm -hmm. manuel who drove who drives him around to do the deals but doesn't know anything <laughs> knows less than anyone i've ever met <laughs> He's just beefy, innocent Manuel. Yeah. And he, like, he's dry, but he's incredibly drunk, so not innocent. He's got yeah. phantom 
hypothetical blood on his hands, but he's like driving away from the club and he's drunk and Terco's like, watch out, man. Oh yeah, Terco's not drunk. He's sober. <sighs> and he's like, watch out, man. And Manuel's like, forget it. And then almost crashes. Yeah. And then Terco's like, I know what'll make you, I know it'll sober you up. <laughs> it's cocaine. And Manuel's like, what's that? And Terco's <laughs> like, forget it. Just have some. <laughs> when I saw this, I I was dying. because Because let me tell you. I know people have seen this. This is a meme. This has become a meme. The part when El Terco pulls out the baggie of cocaine and <laughs> and you've got Manuel being like, what's that? And they do this dramatic zoom in to El Terco and he's like, this is cocaina. <laughs> and yeah. then you hear the like rock and roll like guitar lick. There's a guitar riff for every mention <laughs> of cocaine, including when then Manuel gets high, he snorts it. And Terco's like, how do you feel? And Manuel does this like quick take to the camera and he like opens his mouth and there's this sick riff. <laughs> and he's like, I feel great, better than I've ever felt. And then they zoom away. And they both are like doing the the cocaine thing. They're like, you know, touching their noses, like, you know, clearing it. And they're just like, ah. Rubbing their, yeah. Oh, God. Now, okay. Cocaine is not funny. Cocaine is not funny. I need to clarify that for myself. Drug use use is not, we do not advocate it. No, I personally have a very, very like, I have a, a deep disdain for cocaine specifically and what it does to people. Yes. but. Oh my God, I swear this entire episode, Melinda, what you said before of like, does this show know what a drug is? <laughs> it, it, this entire episode was like one long Mexican dare campaign. I know. It's so beautiful. It's, it's really, <laughs> I, I also feel similarly about substances. I, you know, I, personal choice is important and I think it's important to be well-informed rather than just, you know. Uh, uh, being afraid however mm-hmm. you know I, I have my own personal experiences so I think memifying drug use <laughs> is however very hilarious yeah but okay so he gets Manuel clearly after this one hit Manuel is going to be hooked on cocaine for the entirety of the series I'm sure yeah because he loved it yeah he loved it and he doesn't know what it is so why not yeah snorted every day uh back at the club we see um, oh yeah emilia's boyfriend gerardo gerardo who has the coolest coat and the spikiest hair so far in the show he's got this bright like highlighter orange coat he's waiting i think to play with his with his band and i think he's sad because emilia isn't there Oh yeah, and Amelia tries to get there. We I forgot we forgot about this. Her she tries to like get there. She's like wanting to go, but then her mom comes into the apartment and is like, "I got you a meeting with music producers, honey." And Amelia is like, "No." And then her mom yells at her again. And that's when mm-hmm. I wondered, is her mom sleeping with those music producers in order to get her auditions? So I thought about that too cuz she was like fluffing her hair up in the in the mirror and being like, "I had to meet with them and we're going to see them tomorrow." Yeah. I'm wondering or I'm doing some other kind of shady shady business. Yeah. 
We also learn that um, her mom was the one that wanted to be a singer in the past. And I guess Emilia throws that back in her face and is like, no, I don't want to be a singer just because you couldn't be a singer. And I'm not sure if maybe that's because she got married and had her or if like she's just not a good singer. And we don't know if Emilia is a good singer. Yeah, we don't know that either. Her mom is just convinced that she's going to be a singer and that she's going to be famous for that. And uh, well, her mother doesn't take kindly to that and smacks her across the face. Yeah, it's it's pretty awful. Her mom is like the her and Lucia's mom are like the meanest moms so far that we've seen. And then Beto and his friend arrive at at, at a at some place. I don't know. And Beto's poor friend who gives his money to him has this he's like, "Man, why do you want to be rich so much? Like, you you're doing great." <laughs> And he's the only one who understands what everyone's actual economic situation is. Like, he contextualizes mm-hmm. it pretty well. He's like, uh, middle class is all right. You're not poor. And Beto's like, shut up. He has that moment, too. Beto's sitting in the background, like, also pretty dang drunk. And he's leaning back. And he he's his friend is like, look, you've got a good life. What's, you know, what's wrong with you? Why are you so upset? And he's like, I wasn't meant to live this life. I was meant to live above this. I'm like, oh, God, please. Yeah. But while that we have, (laughs) we're almost at the end of this episode. While that is happening, that conversation, the audio of that conversation plays over (laughs) the most bizarre sequence (laughs) that is, I think, supposed to be illustrative. It's supposed to be metaphorical. Uh Uh-huh. But it's not. It's so it's so opposite of what his friend is saying. He's like, look, you live in a great neighborhood. This place is so quiet. There's so much safety. And then you see this guy walking home, I think with his like briefcase or something. And this hooded guy comes up to him and, you know, is mugging him. Yeah. While his friend is saying like, this place is so safe. Everything's great here. Mugs the guy. And then he keeps going with like, yeah, everything's great here. It's so nice to like live around people you can trust. And the mother <laughs> takes two steps. <laughs> and then is like, mugged by two muggers. <laughs> he he took that first mugger took a moment, a, a little too far of a moment to like relish in what he'd done and started counting his money. And he didn't even get to enjoy it because he also got mugged. And it has nothing to do with anybody. They're not. It's not anyone we ever see again. It's just supposed to be counterpoint, count a counterpoint against what Beto's friend is saying. But uh, the metaphor, is, <laughs> I would say, at least incomplete. I'm I'm wondering if it's a a further a further point by the people that made the novella to comment on the state of society at the time. Because, like, my parents are always talking about how corrupt it is and how, like, you know, you get that everywhere and you you can have people mug you anywhere. But there's always this, like, underlying conversation of, like, oh, mm, yep, always happens. And and I'm not even sure exactly where they are. I think we – I was guessing they might be in, like, Mexico City. I thought they were – yeah, I thought they were in – Mexico City too. Yeah. Because they show there's... you like the capital, like the Efe is pretty has that pretty iconic the the angel city center. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that that's what you saw at the beginning, like over during the like overview at the beginning of the first episode. I thought they were like showing you all the site. Yeah, and and the fact that they didn't like outright say we're in El Defe, I think is supposed to let you know like, oh yeah, we're definitely in El Defe, you know. So I yeah, th- I, that might just be like an extra point by the like showmakers to be like, yeah, it, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it could be yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> I'm sure, but like it was just, it was so garish. Like, and I loved it, but it was so interesting because it doesn't, it wasn't any of the other, I think it, if, if it had been some of the other characters, like what I thought at first was that that was Beto walking, like walking oh. out of the car. But then I saw clearly once he stepped into the light and got mugged, I was like, oh, that's not him. Because mm-hmm. that, I think, would have been more illustrative of, like, why he has this drive, this aimless drive just to get out of where he is if, like, he's he's felt, you know, in any way oppressed by his surroundings. Mm-hmm. But it was not him, and he did not witness it. It was just for us, the audience. <laughs> It came off as more of a part of a comedy routine. Like, yeah. I thought for a second, am I watching a novella or am I watching one of those, like, late night uh, campy TV shows that you see at, like, 1 a.m. on right. a weekend? And they were, yeah, and all the muggers were also in really bright colors, too. Yeah. The first guys were wearing, like, a purple hoodie, and then the two guys were, like, wearing, like, yellow and white. Yeah, all it needed was, like, those, were those little sound effects of, like, punching. Yeah. The like, psh, yeah. psh, psh, you know? Yeah, so we, we kind of end with that, except for there's one other thing that happens in this episode, which is that Jacqueline comes up to her dad, or no, her dad comes up to her and is like, how are you doing, sweetheart? My sexy little baby. And she, he's like, how are your studies? And she's like, oh, dad, um, I'm in love with my teacher. And he's like, that's nice, dear. Do you remember that? He, like, doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh, so what's going on? Tell me, how's school? And she's like, oh, I mean, it was good. It was fine. But, like, oh, we have a new lit teacher. And, I mean, he's really cool. And he seems like, you know, he's just really, really nice. But also, oh, he's such a hottie. Oh, my God. And he's like, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Like, your daughter's, like, 17, and he's, she's talking about how hot well, her teacher I, is. I was That's so creepy. worried about that, but then it figures so prominently in the next episode. I, I, it turns out he just didn't listen, <sighs> yeah. which takes us back into the next episode, which seemingly takes place, like, on the same day as well. Yeah. And Jose Luis is back at the hospital. When does he, is it the weekend already? Like, isn't he supposed to be teaching? He is supposed to be teaching because you, you talk to Jacqueline later. Or her dad and Fernanda talk to Jacqueline later. And her dad points out, like, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be at school? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, none of these people ever go to school. They don't go to school. And they don't, like, go to work. But, like, why would they? Because who's going to teach them? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Jose Luis is a Yeah, there's no other authority figures. But then Jose Luis and Don Eugenio meet in Fernanda's office. Oh, yeah. He goes and sees Fernanda. And they're holding hands. And that's when Don Eugenio comes in. Because he told, he calls Fernanda up earlier, like a few minutes earlier, and is already on his way to her office and says, hey, I want to talk to you. And she's like, oh, I don't know if I'm, uh, and he's like, oh, don't worry. I'm, I'll be right there. I won't take up much of your time. It'll be like five minutes. I just really need to talk to you. 
Because I guess he wanted to confess his love for her. Yeah, at he's dinner. such a freaking dip, dude. And so he's like, I'll be right there. Don't worry. I won't take up much of your time. It's just going to be real short. And she's like, uh, okay, sure. Comes in uh, Jose Luis and they talk and they're holding hands. And then Don Eugenio comes in out of nowhere, sees them holding hands and like flips the other way. Yeah, he's just now suddenly he's like, cool. I don't know who this guy is. But anyway, Fernanda, clearly you don't have time. But even if you're busy later, you need to come to my office now. Uh, I don't care if you don't have time. And then he's like, yeah, and then he like leaves. Um, but it's okay. That- Ignoring yeah, Jose Luis. completely ignores Jose Luis, which mirrors actually is a nice mirror to a scene that takes place later in the episode in Fernanda's office where she gets iced out. But that ain't happened yet because now we go to the library <laughs> where Julieta, mm-hmm. our other ambitious but also conniving young lady, is looking at want ads in the paper in the library and like circling them and is like Mm -hmm. ah these jobs and then lucia comes up to her and is like they make a big deal out of it about like julieta having been discovered and lucia's like what's that what are you doing and julieta makes up a fat lie about like looking for a cook like oh we're looking for chefs who can make and then she names a million foods that she thinks only rich people eat, which I thought was very cute. <laughs> yeah, she's like, they need to know. I need. I'm looking for a chef, um, but they need to know like international cuisine. So like they need they need to know how to cook things like you know like duck a l'orange and like uh, all these other things. I remembered some of these. She, she starts off with baguettes. Oh <laughs> right, can make um baguettes and um sushi, and she duck duck l'orange like you said and caviar. <laughs> So some of these are just things that exist, but she doesn't know. And she just names a bunch of foods. And then she's like, you know, stuff that's popular and, and, and edgy right now. Stuff that's in right now, you know. Oh, and Lucia being so lovely. I know. She's like, oh, we have a chef that we reserve for private parties and he's really good. Do you want me to give you his contact? Yum, yum. So good. And Julieta's like, No. <laughs> I would have took the guy's number. I would have been too. I'm like, sure. Yeah. All right. That's cool. But instead, Julieta, like, no, switches tactic completely. And I was like, wow, look at your necklace. Is that new? Yeah. Look at that gold. <laughs> yeah. She loves she loves jewelry. And then Lucia's like, oh, I'm looking for a math book about set theory. Do you want to help me look? Which I thought was cute. <laughs> I thought so too. And Julieta immediately is just like, oh my god, yeah, I'll totally help you. Drops everything she's doing and is like, yeah, let's go find that book for you. And I'm like, they're so sweet. Yeah, they are. They're so adorable. She's just beautiful, gentle as a lamb. And like brings out the best in all these other characters, except for the boys, but we'll talk about that later. But then, oh, Oh, then Fernanda goes to Eugenio's office and he launches a full frontal and rear assault. Ugh, from everywhere, just everywhere. And his hands are everywhere. Ugh. He's like a total dip. Like, he doesn't know how to talk. He's like, uh, 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 gulp, huh, well, um, uh, I, I really, uh, I really like you. But then all of a sudden, he, like, antagonizes and gaslights her, oh. but alternates between, like, being really awkward. Yeah, he brings up, like, all the trauma in her life. Her dad, who is ill, 
and struggling. But then he's like, you deserve love after your fiance was killed. And then she like starts crying. Well, she's like, she's crying about everything. And it's like, you know, she like kind of falls into his arms and he's like, just touching her back in this weird ass way. He's basically salivating over her and like sniffing her hair. She's like, just weeping into his shoulder. Yeah, because she like doesn't and, have like, any other outlet. Oh. She just falls apart. And then he's like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you deserve the best in life. But then he like grabs her face and he tries to kiss her and he gets one inch away, but then his phone rings. And for some reason, he like answers it. Yeah, I think it was David. Yeah, and then Fernanda gets her, her shit together. Not that it's her responsibility to do that. Because this was incredibly traumatizing. But she, like, you hear her little voice in her head. I love the little voice. I love the little thinking out loud voiceovers. But she, like, pulls herself together in spite of the fact that she didn't need to. And she's like, what am I doing? This is so embarrassing. I got to get out of here. This is so weird. Mm -hmm. She's more embarrassed for, like, her professional sense. Because, like, she didn't notice that he almost kissed her. She's, like, crying with her eyes closed. But I also picked up something... Right, he said that her dad used to work for him before. And she, like, took over his job, which makes me think that he's known her since she was, like, a teen. Like, it's nasty. Like, that he's known her since she was hella young and, like, obsessed over Mm -hmm. her for years and then kept her around so that he could, like, like, a long, a long con game plan. Yeah, because he... He infantilizes her during this conversation mm-hmm. once again. He talks, you know, you pure, you pretty little girl. What's wrong? Let me help you. You deserve all the love and the light in like your world. And then when she composes herself, he brings up again like her dad. And then like, oh, that that like shooting accident that your family went through, which causes her to start crying again. And I'm like, is this what happened to her mom? Yeah, but but then that's what I wrote. I took a note. I'm like, I'm 100% sure at this point. And again, yes, I've seen it. It's been 20 years. I don't remember. But I am 100% sure Eugenio had Alonzo's ass killed and probably did all this stuff to her family too. You know, I'd believe that. Because yes, we, we've both seen it, but I don't remember all of these details. Her... Like, I'm getting, like, hurried, frantic vibes that, like, he's trying to, like, isolate her from everybody that she loves in her life. Like, everybody that she's close to. Like, he's just trying to take them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully, she gets out of there. And then she talks to her friend, the nurse. Or, I don't know if she's a nurse. She's a medical professional. Uh, Sandra. That works yeah. in her medical facility, who she, like, confides emotional stuff to, who is always like, I don't know. Really? I don't know. That sounds weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, Sandra, don't gaslight her. They're like out in the courtyard where all of these extras are like playing slowly or like playing yeah. in the background, but not really playing anything. They're just like dancing in circles. And she's like, she's like, oh, I got weird vibes. Yeah. And Jose Luis, you know, he's sweet. I think we have a spark. And the nurse is like, or I keep calling her a nurse. I don't know if she's a nurse. Her name is Sandra and she's a medical professional. But her friend is like, uh, really? Oh, and then she's like, yeah, but I got weird vibes from Don Eugenio. And yeah, her friend is like not sympathetic and very dismissive. Yeah, she goes into this entire conversation about what just happened with Don Eugenio. And her friend is just like, well, maybe you misconstrued things. I don't know. But anyway, tell me more about Jose Luis. (laughs) Yeah, so that's what happens. Oh, and then, oh, oh, I forgot when when Fernanda runs out of Don Eugenio's office, she's crying. And this is the weird take I saw with David. 
Because mm-hmm. David comes in and he's really nice. He's like, are you okay, Fernanda? And she like doesn't answer. She just like goes in the elevator. And then he does this really weird thing where he like smirks and he like shakes his head. And, like, walks into Don Eugenio's office. But then when he walks in, he's like, what happened with Fernanda? Like, he's so concerned again. Yeah. As though that little walk down the hall never happened. And he's like, what happened with Fernanda? Is she okay? And Eugenio's like, I missed my shot. I I chickened out. Gulp. And then you find out out, um, that he's married, by the way. I was like, wait, what? He's married? His wife is still around? I was like, you could have fooled yeah. everyone with that because you did. I assumed that her mom was, that Jacqueline's mom was like dead. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. then, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, David, oh. we only learned this because David is like, well, are you going to divorce your life and, or your wife? And Eugenio's like, no, um, I want to keep the family together for my little baby. And then he holds up this like cheesecake lingerie photo of Jacqueline that he has on his desk. <laughs> and like strokes it again. Again, once again, people pulling out photos of their little Oh, yeah, that happens and, like, a lot. Emilia does that with blast. Gerardo, too. And Lucia does it with her yeah. diary, which isn't really a picture, but she like caresses her diary before she puts it away. Yeah, see, that sounds pretty cute. <laughs> right, when her dad first comes in, she writes in her diary. This is like an episode ago. She writes in her diary and she strokes it and then she kisses it and she puts it away. She is really precious. She's precious. That's the next thing. We see that Lucia and Julieta have spent the day together. And Julieta's walking mm-hmm. Lucia home? They're going upstairs. Does Lucia live in a penthouse? Like, I don't understand what the stairs are. Or they're back at school, but they're walking on this huge staircase that looks really plain i think it's at school yes yes they're coming back from the library because julieta brings up that they think there's a ghost in the library like maybe that was the part that like got cut out of the episodes that we have access to because like that never (laughs) we never saw it and it never gets brought up like it hadn't hasn't been brought up again but she she brings it up (laughs) we technically are like halfway through this fourth episode but yeah it's it so they're talking but lucia is like opening up to julieta and it's super sweet she's like yeah i don't know why my mom doesn't love me and my dad is really sweet but like my mom has never spoken a kind word to me and i i just wish that i knew why so that yeah. we could all be happy she's this girl has not had a kind or loving word from her mother since she can remember she says she hasn't had a hug from her and her mom is telling her that she's gonna send her to a convent yeah and then Julieta is, like, kind of sensitive, but also doesn't really know what to say. And also is stuck in her lies. So Julieta's like, oh, I'm really sorry that's happening. But, you know, convent schools aren't all that bad. I went to one in Canada, and it was pretty cool. So <laughs> you'll be fine. To which Lucia's like, wait, but you mean, like, with nuns? And she's like, well, no. I mean, like, the Canadian school I went to, I mean, I just had a bunch of other rich kids, too. But, like, I mean, I think it'll be okay. She just can't, like, she gets so close to being sensitive, and then she just has to double down on her lie. Yeah. But then they bump into El Terco, who is in the hallway of the staircase, the stairwell, and he's like, hey, nun, hey, nun girl. And then he says something hella disrespectful. Well, it's not hella disrespectful. It's just generically disrespectful. He, like, calls Julieta. He says, like, she looks like a, like a sweet piece. And she's like, teehee. And I'm like, oh, I see. I see how the bread is buttered in terms of yeah. her self-confidence. Yeah. 
He said something gross. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of flirting, though. And he's like, why do you hang out with her? And Julieta's like, she's great. But also, like, they're kind of still flirting. But then she gets out of it. She, like, disengages by being like, hey, there's a ghost in the library. Did you know that? <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, by the way, we were in there and also this this book just fell out of nowhere and like we went to check it out and nobody was near it. So like it definitely fell by itself. I'm telling you, there's a ghost in the library. And that was like, oh, <laughs> and then it cuts away with no other explanation. And then and then let's see. Oh, and then like Fernanda talks about there's another scene with Fernanda in the office, but I don't remember why. But that was when I the only reason I knew that it cut back to Fernanda was because that's when I found out she was a psychologist because I read her nameplate. Right. It was, I think, more talking to Sandra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I don't know. I think me and Jose Luis have a good thing going. And Sandra's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, but then we go to a different doctor's office. Oh, the skeevy, gross-ass doctor. It starts off at 100 and it stays at 100. Mm-hmm. So Julieta has applied for a job, a, an admin job after school in this doctor's office. And this doctor needs to lose his license and go directly to jail. You need to throw the whole doctor out. Yeah, the whole doctor, whole practice, and uh, maybe throw away the key. Yeah. But he is like the biggest pervert. He's like sweaty and nasty. He's like interviewing her and he's like, hey, you're so hot. <laughs> And she's like, okay, do I get the job? (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to tell me now if I got the job? And he's like, oh, you need to call me later and go out on a date with me in order to find out if you got the job. And she's like, you see the wheels turning. She knows what's happening. And at first you think she's going to be skeeved out, but she is not. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little bit of that, that same thing with like El Terco, where where I'm like, oh, no, you're flattered by this. Yeah, she's flattered. She's just, she's, she needs help. She needs some guidance and she, she needs some self-confidence, but she doesn't have any of that currently. Yeah. But she's very intelligent. And sometimes, as we all know, that can be a potentially dangerous combination. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. It is what it is. And it can be a dangerous combination. And in this case it is because she's like, okay, doctor. And he's like, and call me Carlos. And she's like, oh, okay, Carlos. Ooh. Those immediate switches from usted to, no, no, call me Carlos. Okay, Carlos, tú. <laughs> like, instead of all yeah, usted dude. to the two, tú, tú, and I'm like, uh, oh, no. Don't leave the formalities behind. This man is much older than you, and he's going to be your boss. So after the appointment or the the uh, interview with the doctor she walks back home and like Beto's hanging out outside the house with his friend who's wearing the coolest cap that looks like a soccer ball on the top yeah it's like a ball cap but it's like a black and white soccer ball and I love that hat so much but they're like hanging out and then you find out Julieta like thinks Beto's like a, a like a dullard mm-hmm. and she like makes fun of him she's like whose car is this this isn't your oh, because they still have the borrowed car, yeah. like a bunch of like a like a bunch of dum dums. And she's like, "Whose car is this? This isn't your car. You're always why are you always trying to to? You're such a poser. Oh, the where'd you get this?" And he's like, "Mind your business." And she's like, uh, "Can you drive me to school in this car tomorrow so I can impress my friends?" <laughs> it's a very like pot calling the kettle. 
Yeah. And then he's like, oh, and now, and he points that out. He's like, oh, now who wants to be a poser? You want to be just as rich as I do. And she's like, shut up. So then she goes into her apartment in a bad mood. Yeah. (sighs) Or does she go into her apartment at that point? No, she doesn't. First, she goes, oh, she gets mad. So she goes to the store. So, okay, she goes home at some point. And she gets, she picks a fight. She literally picks a fight with her mom. That's right. Because her mom is like making these cool macrame. She's making handicrafts. Yeah. She's making a tablecloth. And and it's so nice. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. And she's like, I'm almost done with this. And she's just like, look, I'm always finished. And Julieta's just like, why? Why are you trying to like finish? I remember that it's a tablecloth because she says, she calls it her mantelito. So she like, you know, adding that like, it's that like, like diminutive, like, ending to it like it means nothing yeah and she's like why do you bother what are you gonna do sell it and the mom is like yeah yeah like I'm trying to supplement our income trying to get something and she's Julieta's <laughs> like uh, what do you think that's even gonna get oh my god are you gonna throw it in my face that you guys are spending all this money because of me god mom and she like storms out of the house and goes directly to a department store where she pulls off quite the caper mm-hmm she tries on this red dress and you hear her like at she looks nice it's a nice dress and she like the lady which would mortify me in real life the the sales lady is like right outside and she's like oh um sales lady can you get me this in a different size and the lady's like yeah sure so she leaves and when she leaves she like tucks the shirt or she tucks the dress she puts her clothes back on with the dress underneath <sighs> And then the lady comes back with the other side, the other size, and like presumably she's gonna leave it, you know, in the dressing room and just like make an escape before anybody notices. But she steals this dress and she comes home and she's wearing it. And Rosita sees her and is like, Where'd you get that? And she's like, Oh, I borrowed it from a school friend. Yeah. And Rosita's like really supportive. Yeah, Rosita's so sensible and patient. And then she's like, Oh, where are you gonna? wear it and Julieta's like shut up (laughs) it turns on a dime they're having a nice conversation and then Rosita's like oh where are you going and she's like shut up it's none of your business oh yeah because Rosita's like that'll look great um that'll look great at the quinceanera I guess there's like a neighborhood quinceanera yeah that's right and she's like uh I'm not going to that only knuckles go to that I know which is interesting because because you talked about like the the manufactured like we talked about fresas last week you brought it up mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the counterpoint like the colloquial counterpoint mm-hmm. of like socioeconomic status which is interesting because nobody's said anything nobody's like said anything about fresa but like clearly that is how Julieta views herself but she's like She's, like, really critical of, like, everybody in the neighborhood, not just her family. Mm-hmm. And she, like, runs out and she goes on that sweaty, gross date with that doctor who gives her wine. Is she 18? I don't know. But she's drinking wine and he's like, do you like French wine? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> she she is not 18 because when her sister asks her about, like, oh, are you going to go to this quinceanera? And Julieta's like, no, I would never be caught dead there. I'm actually going out with this doctor that I met today that I'm trying to get the job from. And her sister's like, why are you doing that? She's like, because I want to. How old is this doctor? I don't know. He's maybe in like his 30s. And she's like, Julieta, you're 17. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot she said she's 17. And her, and she's like, you don't know anything. 
I don't care. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have a great time at that little party. And her sister's just like, oh my God, Julieta. That's right. So the doctor gives her wine Ugh. and is like, do you like French wine? And then he's like, so do you want the job? Do you know what you have to do to keep the job? And Julieta's like, yeah, I do. But then she's like, aren't you married? Oh, that's right. You find out that he's married. In his like own little monologue in his office. Yeah, he's like, oh, she's got a sweet bottom, but I have a wife. But is that important? No. <laughs> and and she asks him, she's like, aren't you married? And he's like, yes, mm -mm, but we're going to divorce. <laughs> Typical. And then she's like, oh, because she thinks that he's going to marry her. Mm -hmm. She wants to be rich, but he's not going to marry her. No. But she's trying to play her cards. She's naive, but she's trying. She is. And she thinks that marrying a rich guy is going to be what she needs in order to get ahead. But he's not going to marry her. He's such a liar. And I even took a note. I said, no shame to sugar babies at all. Mm -hmm. get, your, get your bag. However, this situation is a gross imbalance of power. 100%. And she only thinks that he's going to marry her. Um, even though they, she hasn't even gotten the job yet. She, I guess she tac tacitly gets the job, but like, I'm worried about her and she's so young. I know. Ugh. And then when she comes back home, her dad sees her come back. We meet the dad. Yeah. Who I thought was off somewhere else, but he's, he's just working all the time. Yeah. He works hard to send her to her nice school, but yeah, he comes back in and he's like big mad. And he's like, where'd you get that dress? And she's like, stay out of my business. And he's like, who was that man? And she's like, I know what I'm doing, which is the thing that she screams right before she shuts the door. Yeah. News bulletin. She does not know what she's doing. <laughs> no. And her dad, her, her parents, like her mom follows them in and her mom is just this like bucket of worry. This poor small woman is just like, oh my God, what's happening? And then her sister's like, what, what's going on? You know, there's like music from the party blasting in the background and they're like, what's going on? What happened? And her dad's like, do you do you know what's happening? Did you know that she was going on this date? And her sister's just like, um. Yeah. So all of them are just like really worried and not really sure how to like get a handle on what's going on with Julieta. And, and I'm sure what's more, I mean, and the other thing is like, there's this fine line. This is something that I think the show maybe not does well, <laughs> but it's an interesting point, which is that in the desire to earn money is the idea that it's going to require sacrifice. And with Julieta's family, you see the two types of sacrifice, one physical and one psychological, that are creating the same kind of stress. Mm -hmm. Because Julieta's stress is psychological, but it's generating stress for the rest of the family. And then Julieta's mom and dad work so hard physically, which is generating stress because of the conflict mm -hmm. so it's an interesting dynamic i appreciate it and then it's played up to the nth degree yeah uh oh but then the last thing that happens <sighs> or the last little plot point is that um don eugenio finally actually listens to his daughter <laughs> when she's talking about <laughs> jose luis The last time he's like, "That's nice, dear. Wow, a cute teacher. Wow, cool. Yeah, go get go get it, girl." And then this time she's like, "Oh, my teacher." And he's like, "What? <laughs> An adult man?" <laughs> he comes into her room after she's taken one of her many naps, and she's clutching the notebook with yet another doodle, a full page doodle of just Jose Luis's name mm -hmm. in like highlighter and. He comes in and she's like, oh, hi, daddy. And he's like, oh, hey, So I just want to talk to you. Just want to check in. How you doing? 
And she's like, I mean, I'm okay. They sit on this like settee that she has in her room. And he's like, so what's going on? Are you, are you like sad about something? Is it about that boy? Would it be a certain Jose Luis? Thinking that it's like some other random teenager. And she's like, uh, I mean, yeah. She's like, so what would happen? Tell me about this boy. What's he like? She's like, well, it's not a boy. He's a man. Uh, it's my teacher and he's just so great, but he like, doesn't pay attention to me. And he's like, wait, what, what, what do you mean? It's a man, honey, you're, you're a kid. No, I don't think this is a good idea. Totally missing the irony here, missing, missing the point that he, he himself as a much older man is trying to go after this woman who's not interested. And here he has his daughter who's much younger trying to go after this not interested older man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So they fight about it. And she's like, no, it's my life. But then he puts the pieces together. And then he says, oh, wait, you know what? Jose Luis, he he tries to have his cake and eat it too. (laughs) And also throws some on the ground. He's like, oh, well, guess what, Jackie? Um, That guy you like, that man that you shouldn't be with anyway, well, guess what? And he tries to make this seem like an insult, even though it's not. Yeah. He's like, guess what? He's interested in another adult woman who is Fernanda. So he doesn't even want you. And I'm like, isn't that good? Like, if you weren't obsessed with her, like, you would just be telling some good news. It was it was so weird because it seemed I, I did note. I'm like, OK, at least some kind of good parenting here because he tries to rationalize with his daughter being like, you're really young. You really need to find a boy your own age. This is not healthy. This is not okay. He's not even interested in you. And he's an adult man. And then he's like, well, wait, what's his name? What's his last name? Oh, I know that man. He's not interested in you at all. And it's almost like an insult, but also maybe it could be like, you have no shot. Look, he's in love with another woman. Yeah. And he kind of forgets his own anger for a moment, but then it makes Jackie angry and he creates more issues than he meant to. Now he's mad at Jose Luis all over again, (laughs) but now Jackie's mad at her dad and Fernanda, who's just sitting there in her office trying to do her job while everybody is dogpiling onto her. But she shows up in at Fernanda's office and Fernanda's like, hello, can I help you? And she's like, listen, you snake. I'm Don Eugenio's daughter, Jackie. And Fernanda's like, oh, nice to meet you. And she's like, not nice to meet you. You better keep your hands off my man, Jose Luis. <laughs> and Fernanda's like, what? And then she, and then Jackie's like, oh, yeah, I was in his apartment the other day. And I know that you called him. And Fernanda's like, oh, okay. And then when she leaves, in comes Sandra again. <laughs> Who gives, who is the worst arguably here? Because then Fernanda does not believe it. She sees the situation for what it is. Yeah. And she's like, I think that that girl is just jealous. I think that Jose Luis is like her teacher at school and she has this little crush, but now she's kind of made me the target of her ire because she claims that they're lovers, which was a great line reading by her. But then Sandra's like, I don't know. What if she's telling the truth? Hi, Sandra. And then you see Eugenio again, like working through the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing with this situation. And David points out that he's kind of fucked it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, what was, he's like, what was the end game with that? And when he's like, I don't know. Oh, he has this whole thing where he's like, I don't get it. I, 
I can get rid of anyone I want whenever I want. I can run this entire corporation. I can do all sorts of things with all of my drug business, but I don't know how to control my own daughter. (laughs) And then David just shakes his head at him. Yeah. And then he's like, but anyway, enough about that. Let's concentrate on something else. Let's concentrate on how we can ruin this one Horacio's life. Oh, yeah. And I don't know who... I don't know who that is. I don't know is it Lucia's dad? I'm assuming because, well, he said Horacio de la Macora or something like that. Oh, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. And I, and then he's like, and his wife, Antonia, what would he say if she, if he knew that she was cheating on him? I feel like that's Lucia's dad and mom. Okay. I, I'm glad you picked that up because I had absolutely I just did no it right clue. now. I did it right now. As you said it, as you said it right now, it makes a lot more sense than my theory because my immediate thought was, who's Antonia? Is Antonia Emilia's mom? Is she doing something with those record producers? Is that what's going on? I don't know. I feel like, and this may be something that I remember from 20 years ago that could be wrong or right, but I feel like Fernanda's Lucia's mom, or not Fernanda, um, Antonia's Lucia's mom. Okay. That would be that would make more sense because you have such a nice man. They have to ruin his life somehow. I know they have to, yeah, kill him or something. Oh. And like that may be why his wife is like so checked out of their yeah relationship. Oh, it makes me so mad. Well, and then the last thing that we see is that we're back at high school for day three of class. I don't even know. And Terco is handing out all these flyers, and all the students are laughing. And then Amelia and Gerardo, who are back together. Oh, we didn't even talk about the zombie dream. We can end oh, on yeah. that. It's <laughs> arbitrary and doesn't fit into the timeline anyway. But I guess Amelia and Gerardo are back together. And they come into the hall and Terco's like, ha extra, extra, read all about it. And he gives them a flyer. And then their faces go like all sad. I What did you say? What you th- had a theory about it that was different from mine? So I, because of following the train of thought that I had before about like Antonia being Amelia's mom, not Lucia's. And about how, like, all the cheating and scheming is going on there. I thought, what if those flyers have to do with, like, Emilia's parental ruin? Mm. But I don't know. I thought they were about Lucia. I thought it was, like, an insulting, like, bully, like, burn book thing. That could be true because we also know that Emilia and Gerardo tend to just be generally good people. Yes. They haven't really been involved in a ton of the drama. They've got enough of their own. So I think overall they're just kind of, like more level-headed in the group and they're just like oh this is so fucked up yeah but we don't know what's in the flyers yeah we don't know yet and also so do you want to talk about the zombie dream this is arbitrary this is after Amelia's fight with her mom yeah so Amelia who didn't get to go out because her mom was like no you're not going anywhere smack so Amelia gets ready for bed I guess and she's like goes to sleep and has the worst nightmare where she's back at school and it's nighttime. She's walking around this empty, dark school. And she's, I guess, I just realized, is she walking near the library? Maybe. Or I don't somewhere. even remember. But she's walking down this like hallway and she's like calling out in typical horror movie fashion. Like, hello? Is anyone, is anyone there? Hello? And then you see this figure in a doorway who's backlit or like whatever you don't see their face and yeah, he's turned away. she's like hello and they turn around and it's Gerardo but with like full-on zombie makeup yeah 
and he she's like ah and he starts to go towards her and starts to attack her i think he starts to strangle her yeah and she's like backed up against the wall and she she wakes up in this like you know sweaty fit of like oh my god he just tried to kill me in my dream and he was a zombie and she her immediate reaction is to turn her light on and pull open her drawer her bedside drawer mm-hmm. and pulls out this another framed photo <laughs> of Gerardo where he's like posing in like a green jacket I think with his guitar and oh and she like immediately strokes the glass and then like curls up with it and falls asleep again so they appear to be in good spirits what I assume is the next day but yes <laughs> it's a very ab- these episodes are very abstract yeah, these two were just all over the place. The graphics were pretty great, though. <laughs> yeah, they were great. I love this. I'm loving this. And I can't wait. Because it's like this thing where I remember probably 10% of anything that happened on this show. But like, and the rest of it is just completely a fresh and new perspective. Mm-hmm. And now that 90s aesthetics are back, I'm loving it. I'm loving this like funky prints, pastels, hair accessories. Oh, can we can we briefly talk about what Jacqueline was wearing when she walked into Fernanda's office? Because it was all style. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a she loves the cutoff, the cutoff tops. She was wearing like a crop top tank top and like low cut. Were they jeans or were they like made of vinyl? I think it was. So in my memory for a second, it was vinyl, but I think her top was vinyl. Her top was vinyl. Was the dark, like, shock of blue. Yeah. And then she had a denim, like, multicolored, different, like, washes of a, like, a, like a high, kind of high-waisted skirt. Yeah, it was like a boot-cut wide-leg jean. And it was, like, fringy at the top. Yes. And she was super low-cut. And she had two pigtails. With tiny, not even butterfly clips, with just tiny, incy beansy hair clips. And her glasses. She had these, like, she was doing some glasses acting where he's like, I'm going to take off my glasses and then put them above my head to emphasize my point. It was like she put this, she put this outfit on and was like, I'm going to go intimidate this woman. Yeah, dude. She played it really cool, super close to the vest. She did that thing of like Fernanda put out her hand and she was like a very actively rejecting it. She did like something else with both her hands and she was like, nah. <laughs> um, oh, and Lucia in both of these episodes was was top to toe beige. And I also love that too. I know. I I had a moment where I reminded, so because Keenan is watching these with me. And so that there's that point where she and, and Julieta were walking up the stairs before they meet El Terco. And I was pointing out again, like, Lucia's outfit, you know, like you said, fully beige. And I don't remember what exactly we were talking about in regards to Julieta, but I, I brought up how that actress usually does a lot of comedic roles as opposed to, like, all this angsty teen stuff that she did as, like, Julieta and a couple other people. Yeah, because her dad, too, is, like, a comedic actor. And her mom. Yeah, that's right. She's like a legacy. Yeah. So she's got all this like comedic background, right? And she still does a lot of comedy roles. And then I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, she's the Mexican Ugly Betty. Yeah. And Keenan was like, what? I'm like, yeah, she played the Mexican Ugly Betty. Um, And she basically was just wearing the exact same outfit that they have Lucia in. Like head to toe, beige, long skirts, the glasses, the braces. Yes. 
the slicked back like hair in a ponytail or in a like braid. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. That's your um it's like the uniform of that kind of archetype. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well we've we've done it. We've dissected and deep dished on all these episodes and we will be back with another one where we will review episodes five and six mm-hmm. shortly. And you can find all of Witches Brew content as well as more episodes of Chinguana Cast uh, on Facebook or Instagram at Witches Brew Podcasting um, or through all of our individual social medias. Yeah. <laughs> if it, it's, it's a distinct pleasure. As always, I love doing these with you. Yes, likewise. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you guys next time for more deep dishing and deep diving. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>